Welcome to the Pilot Boys Podcast, where you'll get the real on all things sports, music, and pop culture. And here are your hosts, Vishwant and Partha. The Pilot Boys are in the building, episode 73. We had a good weekend. Good vibes all around going into this week, crushing it with our mental attitude, and we're ready to get this show going. Partha, how are you feeling, man? I'm feeling excellent, dude. We were on, you know, we were on a call until a little late last night and got my rest after the fact, and I'm feeling great today. Yeah, looking looking forward to today's discussion. Got a good, got a really good note last week from uh, from a from a fan that uh, the kind of made me happy and I sent it to you Partha um just just talking about how much he's learning from us I, I, it's it's always good to hear someone say that they're learning something from your podcast in addition to the entertainment value and that that message, that message was a really nice message to receive 100% yeah it was it's always nice just to like know that you helped at least one person you know what i mean cuz it could yeah. be you can do the podcast, you can leave, and it's like such an isolated experience because you don't see the audience at all. Yeah. It's like, I don't know if that, you know, you send it out, you're like, I have no idea if that resonates or not. Yeah. And it's interesting, you know, a lot of people who take something from your podcast when you're generally, genuinely trying to create value and it's not just about creating shock value, you may not hear the feedback as much or quite as often, but you know, you know, knowing that kind of, you know, helps validate the reason you're doing it, right? So yeah, it's always good to have. But with that said, let's get into this this podcast, man. I was uh, had a really part of the reason I had a really enjoyable weekend was uh, watching the Ohio State men's basketball team through the uh, Big Ten tournament and watching them throughout this season. Uh, we obviously we had Chris Holtman on before the season. He's someone. I have a lot of admiration for as a coach um, and as a person um, and to see a football school doing this well, like, yeah, we've had some tough losses and it hasn't all been great. But what I like seeing from this team specifically is the effort that they put it forth on a night in and night out basis. They're not getting blown out. Every game is close. They're fighting tooth and nail to win there. There is some still talent, you, talent holes that we need to fill specifically in the size and rebounding and defensive departments. But it's just, it was good to see them make the run to the final, take out, take out Michigan two out of three times this year um, and end up with the number two seed um, in, in the toughest conference in college basketball this year. We have two number one seeds coming out of the big 10 um, and two number two seeds actually as well with Iowa and Ohio state clearly the best conference in basketball and that's a segue into my favorite part of the year which is march madness it has officially <laughs> arrived when this episode drops will be the day of games i really miss not having march madness last year um because it's it's my favorite sporting event specifically because of how it's set up single elimination anyone can beat anyone you know, it's not just the favorites are going to win every time. It's just so exciting to watch these games and see this tournament play out every year. And it's been an important part of my sports journey as a fan. 
Yeah, man. And it's, it's a moment where stars are born. You know, it's the ultimate stage for a young player to step up and say, hey, I'm ready to take that next step. And so you see some of the most legendary performances. Yes, you do. You know, and you put it put well, stars are born in this tournament and teams are actually born too. You see an underdog, a really big underdog make a run pretty much every year and everyone's jumping on their bandwagon, you know. Uh, Man, the way we hyped up March Madness, we need a check from ESPN. I know we do, we do. ESPN <laughs> or is it CBS? That CBS that's covering it. Whoever's covering it, yeah, you, you actually know too. So, you know, even more reason. Speaking of March Madness, just a just a side note, man. Like, I have rediscovered Future's March Madness, and it's been on my playlist like the entire month of March. For oh, some reason, man. it was weird. So that was weird. Good. Weird how it happened, and can't miss future is a real thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to uh, play quietly in the background while I cast with you. <laughs> you got me with the vibe. Oh man, but you know, let's that's let's see what happens in the tournament. You know, and yeah, seriously, Gonzaga seems like it's they're the the betting favorite right now, but this is anyone's anyone's show and i think ohio state can make a deep run as well let's let's see what our buckeyes can do yeah it'll be it'll be super interesting um moving forward nfl free agency so uh you know shout out to uh cam newton for re-signing with the patriots that was pretty exciting to see um you know that's someone i'm always rooting for a really good guy um they might they might be making a run look Bill Belichick does not like losing. <laughs> I think last year was probably the first time since he was the coach of the Cleveland Browns that the Patriots had a losing record. And even for them, seven and nine isn't a terrible, terrible fall off, but they had a lot of talent gaps that they needed to fill. And you see them aggressively and most importantly, as the Patriots do very wisely spending their money in free agency to fill a variety of holes. It seems like they're going back to the formula that worked for them before um, everything that happened with Aaron Hernandez that we all know about happened with having two really, really talented tight ends. They signed Hunter Henry and Janu Smith, um, and they also added Nelson Aguilar, who can stretch the field. They still have Julian Edelman, re-signed Cam Newton, and I think if you look at what how Cam Newton was successful in Carolina with the offenses that were successful. They were structured very similarly to how it seems the Patriots are moving forward. And they also made some wise moves on defense. Specifically, I love the Matthew Judon move. Um, so the AFC East and the Buffalo Bills um, definitely are going to see some competition from the Patriots this year. And I'm, I'm really rooting for Cam as well because I feel like there's a narrative around him that is that is very unfair. I think he's one of the most dominant QBs of this era, um, and I feel like he doesn't get the respect he he deserves. Although he does get some respect, I feel like he's he's under underappreciated as a great quarterback. Yeah, I think so. I think he's the best uh, bang for your buck quarterback on the market right now because he's not an expensive yeah. uh, expensive sign, but he's got a tremendous amount of skill and uh, physical ability he brings into the game. Yes, not to mention a strong mental attitude as well. Yeah, so you saw the Buccaneers are running it back. Saw Tom Brady 
um, put up a post. Uh, and, uh, you know, Buccaneers, such a bizarre team, honestly. It was, it was really interesting watching them play this year, um, especially Gronk, who is the most interesting person for me because he's probably like, in terms of games played, I, I struggle to see anyone that's done better financially in any sport compared to Gronk, who everyone just seems to freaking love this guy. He must be a great hang. Oh, yeah. I've got an opportunity to uh, hang out with him a couple of times, and his energy is infectious. He's a genuine, authentic guy who what you see on TV is genuinely what he is. He is the, the, the life of the party, um, but also just he, his charisma extends beyond just being the, the fun guy to hang out with. He is a genuinely good person you know, um, and a great guy to have in your locker room. He's willing to do all of the work. He doesn't act like a prima donna when it comes to football from anyone, everyone that I know who has played with him and, and had him in the locker room and just a great guy to have around, not to mention probably the best tight end to ever play the game. Um, he's had some injury issues, but when he's healthy, as you saw at the end of the season and in the playoffs last year, there's no one that can do what what Gronk can do both receiving and blocking um in the running game he's just an all-around special talent um and I think also with the Buccaneers you're seeing that they are a very very talented team uh, <laughs> and their brain seems like everyone's coming back it just took them a while to put it all together there at the end of the season but they did and they won a Super Bowl and they're going to be very tough to beat uh beat this year although i think pat mahomes is going to have something to say about that yeah yeah i totally agree it's definitely you know to repeat is incredibly difficult in its own to maintain organizational chemistry and you know bring in any new people that have joined and all of that so they've got a challenge in front of them plus you know to your point mahomes is is not somebody who goes out quietly no he's not he's not and speaking of gronk um he became he's he's trailblazer business wise too, man. He's people think he's just this 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 fun loving guy. He hasn't spent any of his NFL salary. He lives off of his endorsements and investments, and he hit another big accomplishment, becoming the first athlete to really capitalize independently on this NFT boom where it wasn't controlled like the NBA NBA top shot is controlled by the organization. He, he really understood the value of his own brand and put out a series of NFTs understood the business model early, clearly because this, this came out at the right time and his first release generated $1.2 million. Man, he's, he's such an impressive person because he does not seem like he's working that hard at any given time. <laughs> yeah, no. He seems like he's having a ton of fun and just it's just W's. Yeah. <laughs> it's just over and over. The uh the NFT thing is cool because Gronk has been an early adopter in the tech world. He was one of the first players into uh connected fitness and fitness streaming apps. He invested in an app called FitPlan that he does a lot with. Um so I've I know a lot of founders that work with him in the health tech space. And to also see him, you know, moving in NFTs, doing the deals he does. Um, it's just a very unique uh, and progressive business personality for somebody who is such a goofy guy. 
Yeah, and you now talk about this quite a lot now in our in our private conversations about the energy that you put into the world reciprocating itself back to you. And I think there is no doubt about who Gronk is. He gives you the authentic and genuine personality, whether it's in a business business relationship on the football field with a fan out, you know, interacting with fans. You know, he's 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 the guy that will see somebody on the side of the road with a flat tire and stop and and help them help them with their flat. Like it is one hundred percent genuine. I think what's not surprising is someone who is that authentic and genuine deserves the rewards that he gets, right? Because because everything he's put if he's if if someone like that is on your team who is always giving you a positive energy boost, why would you not want that that energy on your team? You know, yeah, in some capacity. Yeah. Straight up. Yeah. So um, you know, moving forward into um into some other headlines. Uh marijuana sales have been huge this past year, obviously, because of the quarantine. Um, that created a ton of free cash for a lot of the states that have legalized it. Um we saw a lot more states legalize it this past fall too, during the election. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, the thing that I've always looked at marijuana as is if you're gonna if you're gonna sell cigarettes legally and alcohol legally, then why shouldn't why if it's one thing if those things are considered illegal, but if you're legalizing those, then why wouldn't you also legalize marijuana, right? Yeah. Um, and I think again, I think what what's happening is these states as financial challenges um, get larger and larger for these states, um, they're, they're easing their rules and regulations because they are seeing the huge benefit um, with very little cost um, by legalizing things like marijuana and, and organizing it and creating a structure by which um, it can be done safely and securely. Right. Um, and I think that's a great thing too about it for, for marijuana advocates to, to be able to go to a store and know exactly what you're buying and what's in what you're buying versus when it was an illegal drug. Um, I think that's, that's a powerful element of this as well. And I think more states should legalize it and hopefully federal legalization uh, comes as well. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I'm it's uh, I think in the drug space, it's always a good thing when things get legalized because of, your point on the cleanliness of what you're taking, um, this the knowledge that everything from source to you is vetted and thought about, and there's tracking there. There's you know things that are being measured to ensure your health and safety. There's likely some sort of guidelines that need to be met uh, to make sure that everybody's safe. So there's a you know an extra layer of safety that you see as the customer, and I think you know my personal view is that um, more drugs should be legal i don't i don't really feel illegal drugs is a productive thing from a government perspective but i feel that you know it's a very personal thing yeah and if you have a controlled environment by which people are able to do what they want to do with their own bodies um then that's the best that you can hope for right yeah. versus the consequences of it being illegal and one other 
thing that I always, whenever this topic comes up, that I think also needs to be done in conjunction with the legalization of marijuana is that if your state legalizes the sale of marijuana, you bet you should be releasing all criminal drug offenders who are in jail for marijuana-related offenses or greatly reduce uh, their sentences. There are people who are doing very extensive sentences for uh, selling this drug that is now legal. And I don't think that you can, you can say, Hey, now it's legal, but you still have to pay, pay the price for it while we generate a bunch of money from it. That's very hypocritical and wrong. And I think an issue that I think needs to continue to be addressed, um, as legalization continues to move forward. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree, man. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's such an interesting, you know, thing to talk about because people have very strong opinions on drugs they have very strong opinions on uh mental health and you know it to your point it would be nice to see uh everything be taken care of safely from the government standpoint um giving freedom of choice to the people and providing necessary services you know the money you use to put um minorities in jail for drug crimes could easily be used to provide free therapy and counseling services to people who are struggling and using drugs as an escape from their lives. Yes. And in addition to that, you know, this is one of the things that's not talked about a lot. Um, there are a lot of people in this country who have families and who have sustained their families by selling marijuana or other things just to survive and keep food on the table. Um, to not really understand that perspective um, is 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 very wrong to do. And I think that another thing in addition to that is giving these people employment opportunities within this industry that are legal now that it's legal, allowing them to participate um, as well and continue because that is a it is a the dark area also about the drug industry that people don't talk about. We we hear about the kingpins and Pablo Escobars of the world. But there are people who are just, you know, growing some some weed in their backyard and selling it to their friends, um, not intending any harm or violence or anything. They're doing it as a way to survive. It's a small business yeah. like anything else. Yeah. A lot of the kids that I knew in college that uh, sold weed uh, would uh, actually took a lot of their savings and started businesses after the yeah. fact. So it's, uh, it's cool to see. Um, that even in that industry, you've got some pretty resourceful, resourceful people. To be a successful drug dealer, you have to be a good businessman. That's one thing that I've learned from watching all these movies and <laughs> and knowing a few people here and there. <laughs> yeah, here and there. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, moving it forward, I like this headline: uh, A man rewarded his son for a dollar for every book he reads, and he's already at one hundred twenty dollars. That's a that's a great parenting strategy, man. Yeah, it's it's crazy. He got a lot of flack for this. And it brings up the idea is, and it comes back to how I always frame this is, do we live in a capitalist society? If the answer is yes, <laughs> how is the reward structure set up for adults in a capitalist society? You are rewarded financially for the work that you do and the good things that you do. That's what people hope for. You know what I mean? So it's... uh it's a it's a it's it's problematic um only if you know if if the reward structure is created for something wrong i think 
reading, you and I are huge advocates for reading. I think I've learned so much more from reading outside of the classroom than I have learned from reading in the classroom. And I think that it is the most valuable thing you can do to actually educate yourself and enlighten yourself on the world that you live in and to reward a kid a dollar a book and for him to read 120 books already means that the system is working. You know, he actually said yeah. that the son feels bad um, that he's he's ripping his parents off now because he's he's gotten $120. I think this is it's great to learn those lessons, right? Like if I do something good, I will be rewarded for it. It's like, I don't see the downside of this, but it seems like, you know, like you've got these crusaders who always want to, you know, throw ne throw negativity on a positive story. That's the way I look at it. Do you see the, a downside here? No, no, there's no downside to somebody reading, <laughs> reading books. Yeah, it's crazy, right? Yeah, the the financial transaction piece, I mean, it's it's better in my opinion. I don't think that chores like taking care of yourself, taking care of your house, right? I, that paradigm of rewarding kids for doing chores is the wrong paradigm because it teaches them to trade their time for money. You know, rewarding the kid a fixed price per book, or if you were to choose books, you know, the way that I would approach this is I would take a whole bunch of books that, you know, I've selected that I think the kid would, would learn from that would be in their interest area. And I would set greater rewards for books that had more personal development. So basically, yeah. just incentivize uh, a certain form of learning, but still give the freedom of choice. If you don't want to earn as much, then, you know, you can read the more fun, easier books. And, uh, you know, let let the person sort it out and decide what books they want to read and how they want to make the money. But that's a more real life skill to your point than, uh, you know, hey, uh, do the do the dishes, you know, do the laundry and you get yeah. your ten dollars for the week or whatever. Yeah. And, and then when I was a kid, I don't know if you had this program. Um, There's a program called Book It. And yeah. they would reward you for reading books, not financially, but you would get like a free pizza or a free dinner at Pizza Hut or, or something like that. And it worked. You know, I tried yeah. to read as many books and get as many free pizzas as I possibly could. You know, yeah, it me was, too. It was a, a great way of multiple systems working together, right? The, the small business, local pizza parlor, the school and the students and families kind of working together. I just thought it was a really, really cool cool thing and it brings up a larger conversation here is that I do think it's important, you know, could solve a lot of problems if we adjusted kind of even the reward structure for schools. I know that there are programs and experimental studies that are done, um, for example, in, um, in lower income or inner city neighborhoods where teachers set a reward structure that the kids see and understand, whether it's you know, a financial reward or anything along those lines that motivates someone um, to better themselves is something that we should we should be looking into. You know, we spend a lot, we waste a lot of money on on the education system that we have. Maybe you know, taking some shots on some financial rewards could help make schools better. Yeah, yeah, maybe it could. You know, yeah, yeah, interesting. Um, talk about financial rewards. Uh, the stimulus checks are going out. So, uh, if you're receiving your stimulus check, V, what uh, what are the smart ways in which you can do something with that money? 
uh, rather than just spend it on the new Xbox? Well, there's there's one thing that you can do, which is open up an IRA account, um, a Roth IRA, which is allows you to deduct a certain amount of money um, each year and put it into an investment vehicle through which you can invest in stocks and bonds. And they are you will not have to pay the taxes until you pull the money out um, when you retire. So it's a great way to do you and I's favorite thing, Partha. Put some money into something and compound it. Um, you know, it, this comes down to we are speaking directly to people who are getting the $1,400 stimulus check and do not need it for survival. We always have to give that context. We understand and appreciate that there is a population of this in this country who genuinely need this $1,400 um, to catch up and survive. Uh, on bills, there I hear these stories all the time. But if you are receiving this fourteen hundred dollars, what I don't want to hear from you is if you use it to consume and buy a bunch of clothes. What I don't want to hear from you is next year's complaints about why um, you don't have any money saved, right? Because I think I posted a video about if they would have, if people would have taken the first twelve hundred dollars stimulus check and put it into the stock market. In a select number of popular stocks, the return they would have gotten on that investment in just one year. That's one thing. You can use that money to educate yourself, learn a new skill or trade, um, specifically with as we continue to transition to a digital world. The skills that are required to get jobs and be successful are changing. You can pick up a skill, a certificate, any of those things, you know, or even if you do want to spend it on consumption. Use it to take a trip that will enlighten you and enhance your worldview versus just spending it on a bunch of consumption and buying a PlayStation 5 or whatever else. That's just my view. If you want to buy a PlayStation 5, go for it. It makes you happy. <laughs> what are your up. thoughts? What are some things, what are some things that uh, the people can, can invest in other than buying some, some lasso socks, which, <laughs> which I encourage, by the way? It's not a big investment. It will change your your lifestyle. Spend that thirty dollars on a pair of socks. It really will. It'll it'll give you some significant quality of life upgrades in terms of what it's like to move around on a day to day basis. So totally worth it. Now, you know it's interesting because I feel that if somebody were to listen to this show, I I would make the assumption that they have some amount of disposable income, or if they don't, that they probably soon will. Right. Yeah. So. A $1,400 stimulus check to me is like a great way to learn something new. Um, in the last, I would say in the last six months, I've gotten really passionate about finding ways to make money a lot more than I have been in the past. Yeah. And uh, with $1,400, I mean, that's that's a decent swing at you know a few skills. There's um, basic kind of allocation you could learn in the in the stock market learning how to build a small portfolio um, I, re I really don't see a downside with that especially because a lot of platforms allow fractional stock purchases so yes. you can go through the exercise of doing some research learning how to allocate a portfolio coming up with an allocation and then seeing that 1400 maybe turn into you know 1800 or, or 2k by the the end of you know six months or a year from now yeah um, that's one way to approach it. 
the other is to do the same thing in the crypto space to pick mm-hmm. a few winners and uh wait in you can do fractional purchases there too um that's a whole another world in my opinion the uh biggest opportunity to make tremendous wealth in the next mm-hmm. 10 to 15 years but it requires a pretty deep understanding and knowledge of how the technology works the use cases for it and an actual understanding of what's going on because it's not it's not just like looking online and and buying the coins people want in that space it's there's just a lot more nuance to it because the technology is so um so valuable in the public markets the stocks don't really have inherent use case but when you're buying cryptocurrency, the coins actually do have use case tied to them, like the NFTs. So uh, it, there's a little bit more um, that you want to consider when you're making an investment in that space than stocks. And then finally, um, you know what I consider the best investment is an investment in yourself. So if you have a business that's already going, um, what can that money do to help you make more? So for example, if you're um, you know, if you're running a small, like let's say you're freelancing, you're doing some consulting for people, could $1,400 help you hire a part-time person who gives you enough free time to be able to get more clients mm-hmm. and hire them on full-time by the end of 30 days? You know, can you use that uh, to make a step up, create more cash flow for yourself and automate your business to an extent where you're not doing as much day-to-day work, but you're more working on it, you know, structurally and strategically. So, um, those are three ways in which you can make money from fourteen hundred dollars. Uh, I think the last one, the investment in yourself, is probably the best return. Uh, but you would have to have a sense of what you want to do already happening, and you would want you would need to have like a basic, um, you know, roadmap of where you're trying to go already put together to to be able to go down that path. Yeah, and I think the overall point that we're making is that money is a vehicle it is a utility it it can it can create and enhance things that you are working on and if you look at it that way versus just strictly looking at money as something to generate so you can consume and 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 spend you not saying that that's that's an unwise way to spend it if it gives you genuine genuine happiness but to look at it and understand that even a hundred, even if you, whether it's a hundred dollars or $1,400, if you start looking at money through that lens of utility, it will definitely enhance your productivity, um, in life and in, in, in your financial rewards. hundred percent. And you and I are both big believers of this V, but whenever you receive money, it's like finding the ways to use it to flip it and make more out of it. So, yes. you know, making a few thousand dollars or the stimulus checks a good example. You get that money in, you know, spending it if you have to use that to live, that's great. But if you don't, then there's a lot you can spend it on to make, you know, $2,000 or to make $5,000. And so that's really what the game is about if you want to accrue some level of financial, you know, voice in this world. Yes. Yes. 100% agree. Now, speaking of uh transitioning from something money which has utility to something I believe has very utility, little utility anymore. The Grammy Awards happened on <laughs> Sunday. I did not tune in. Did you tune in, Partha? Yeah, I watched it, but that's because we have a mutual friend who uh 
who yeah. decided to come over and say, hey, you're not allowed to watch anything but the Grammys. <laughs> well, I hope he enjoyed it. Um, he or she enjoyed it. Um, I just, I look at these award shows, especially in these big industries like this, they're so fraught with corruption <laughs> that it's like, okay, if you want to watch it for the performances, go ahead. Now, even the performances are fraught with corruption. Who gets to perform versus who doesn't get to perform? It's just, it's lost its luster um, to me. I genuinely, as a as a music connoisseur of sorts, um, I like when I am referred to music, not told by an award show what is good versus what's not good. And oftentimes, these awards are happening post-hype, already so people already know what's good and what's not although i was happy to see nas win a grammy it's like a lifetime achievement award i i was disappointed in some of the people who won a lot of awards because awards because i don't really think that their music um from an artistic standpoint um necessarily deserves to be rewarded and that happens every year yeah i i would agree with that that sentiment you know award shows in general are kind of bs but i think that the way that they can have value is like if you're the creator, it always feels good to be recognized for the it amount does. of work you put yeah. in, right? It so does. seeing um, artists who hadn't won Grammys before win them is always special because those, especially in that industry, you go through a lot before you even have an opportunity to get to that stage. So um, that's already saying a lot. But yeah, to your point, I don't think... Uh, I don't think that the Grammys are necessarily a mark of what's good or what's not good or what you should listen to or what you shouldn't. Um, they're not very good at discerning any of that, but uh, there's a tremendous amount of politics and uh, you know branding going on in terms of how they're trying to position themselves to the industry. And so the uh, Grammys are essentially just trying to maintain power as an organization, in my view. Yeah, and, and you see the awards go toward a lot of people who the industry has the most invested in. Um, and you see that year after year. I think part of that is, I don't know if, if part of what my viewpoint is, is, is tainted by my understanding of how this industry actually works. I don't know if it has more value to just a casual fan. Um, but I think, you know, they they definitely need to look in the mirror because I do think the Grammys are a pow powerful brand and there was a time that they meant something I just think that that time has passed and they need to look in the mirror and figure out a way to adjust to the new world we live in like everyone else has. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. Well, uh, that brings an end to our news and notes segment. We're going to take a little break here. You're going to hear uh, a couple little quick advertisements and we'll be back to talk about our uh, deep dive topic today. Show the pilot boy some love by getting some of our exclusive merch at shop.pilotboys.com. You're listening to the Pilot Boys Podcast. Hey guys, this is Partha. You might know me as a pilot boy, but I'm also the CEO of Lasso. Lasso is a high-performance lifestyle brand that makes the Lasso Sock 2.0, the most functional sock ever to help you stay moving on any adventure you choose. Lasso uses patented compression technology with scientifically proven ankle stability to support key ligaments and tendons as well as moisture wicking materials and built-in strike padding. So every single step is stable, soft, and cool. 
Lasso socks are also used to treat foot and ankle conditions like plantar fasciitis, Achilles pain, ankle soreness, circulation issues, and more. Check them out at lassogear.com or at lassogear on social media. Undo Media is proud to be the production partner for the Pilot Boys. Storytelling is what they do. From video production, podcasting, and consulting, Undo Media's focus is on telling your story. Find out why four Emmys and hundreds of clients will back up why you should contact Undo Media for your next project. Look them up at undomedia.com. All right, we are back to talk about our deep dive topic. V, I think this is, you know, spurred from our conversation last night. To be honest, I was a bit, bit high. I don't really remember what we talked about. Um, External versus internal validation is today's topic. And I feel like I I like the deep dives because we do kind of have a new thing we're talking about every week. Like the conversation, like the flow of these conversations is a very natural one because you guys are hearing me and V grow in real time, talk about shit we're dealing with in real time and get better perspectives on these same issues in real time. So this topic, I think is it's a good one to start out with today because we, I think over the last, couple months have both been working on our uh, ability to discern between what is external versus internal validation for us and how those affect us. And then um, to separate the need for validation itself from the, the steps involved to make money and understanding that that social kind of element of our personalities is different than the technical money-making skill set and uh, steps that you would take in that process. So Today, we're focusing a lot more on the social side of this and how uh, validation affects us as people. Um, and then we'll probably frame that in the financial context. Yeah. I mean, I remember more of the conversation from last night uh, than you do. Uh, <laughs> thankfully, one of us was somewhat somewhat sober, although I had had a, a few drinks. It was a, we, were, we, were, we were enjoying uh, taking some time to like enjoy... Uh, little bit of life last night. Sometimes the best conversations come out of that. And I'm happy one of us remembers it so that we can, we can, we can execute today's yeah. topic. Yeah. I was watching a show that was completely in Japanese at the same time too. So uh, that yeah. added some, some elements into the mix where I was like having this conversation. And then, you know, you could have asked me at the end of the night, like, what did you just talk about? I would have said, I don't know. You drove, and the funny thing is, you drove most of the conversation. That's what was funny about it. <laughs> uh, but with that said, I think you know how you framed it and how this topic came up yesterday was you were talking uh, about people, you know, and how they talk about what they're trying to accomplish in life, right? And a lot of times, what they say is about the external world validating them. Like I need to have, you know, a hit like Beyonce, for example, right? Or I want to have a career like Brad Pitt and our uh, acting career like Brad Pitt and how, how just making those type of statements and framing your vision through that lens is extremely limiting, right? Because you are not Brad Pitt. Your journey is not Brad Pitt's journey. Your journey is your journey. And you are, you have a unique identity and a unique role to play in society. Spiritually, we believe in that. That's kind of where reincarnation and that thought that everyone talks about even comes 
from, you continue to take on a new life until you fulfill whatever it is your purpose in this world was supposed to be. And that is when you finally reach heaven. That is how our culture works spiritually. Um, so that's part of the reason that I think both of us kind of view, the, view this thing the way that we view it. Um, but I thought it was a very powerful thought how you framed that. Um, and, and actually wanted to have you uh, add some more color to it today and, and how that thought even was formulated. Yeah, man, I think that was a really, really good summary of it. You know, the context is that we have a society that's really, really uh, focused on goal setting. We think that goal setting, productivity tips, ways to become more effective, you know, biohacking, brain hacking, all of these topics are um, ways that we are seeking as a species to get better. You know, it's like a very innate desire of any sort of animal that's alive is to increase survivorship, if you will. And so in this era of goal setting, you have to measure your goals off of something. And as a society, we have uh, agreed upon measuring points. You know, wealth is one of those. Um, Mm -hmm. Award shows like the Grammys are one of those, uh, so on and so forth. And um, I think that the premise is there's a tremendous flaw in setting goals and measuring success based on external set factors like wealth, like social status, like recognition, things that other people control because then you lose control of your ability to feel successful. And so there's a flaw to that sort of lifestyle. Whereas if you were to set your goals and your measurements based on internal set measurements, um, you typically end up a lot happier and a lot more successful. Um, That means you can't use recognition to measure success. That means you can't use money to measure success. But these all have to be byproducts of what you're actually measuring to figure out if you're happy or not. Yeah, I think you, you, that's a great summary as well of the thought. And I think also, I think another point that that you brought up um, or I brought up, I'm not sure who brought this up, was also that when you are seeking external validation and allowing other people to control and dictate it, it becomes like a race that you're running in place almost because they're going to constantly, the external world is going to constantly move the goalposts for you. And it's like all of a sudden you're racing against this external validation that has no ceiling or no, it just keeps going endlessly. It's like pie. We just had pie day. It just keeps going and going and going. And what I've seen happen to a lot of people is it ends up leading to depression or because they've lived their lives trying to satisfy either external validation or the structure. Like, for example, in our community, the structure is pretty much set for most kids in high school. Either you're going to become a doctor, a computer engineer, or an engineer. Those are kind of the three fields that we're told that we have to fit into. And because that's reinforced so much culturally, a lot of kids never ask themselves the question of, well, is that actually what I want to do with my life? Right? And it's not just, that's within our culture, something we identify with. But I think those exist across um, across races and across socioeconomic status, this idea of living up to others' expectations of you versus 
setting expectations for yourself. And I honestly believe the sooner that you understand and learn that it's an internal race, because there's a lot of work to be done to even set those internal measuring sticks for yourself, because you have to understand yourself and then you have to understand your goals and what you want your purpose to be in life. And that, that, that actually takes searching. That's a path that you have to, to go through. The sooner you start that path, the sooner you'll be able to come to some sort of understanding. You may not get to the final point, but suddenly you are building internally based on what you like and what you want out of life. So when you are successful within those measuring sticks, you also are more fulfilled than if you were just satisfying what society tells you or your parents tell you you're supposed to do. I know personally, and I know you know personally, a lot of highly successful people, doctors, um, business people who are very unhappy people despite the success and despite what the world says about how great they are. So to that to that point, V, how how do you approach, uh, say you've grown up, grown up in this society, you have uh, been conditioned to see the world a certain way. How do you approach unwinding that programming and starting to measure things in your own way? I mean, one of the topics that we covered earlier, you know, maybe if your parents pay you a dollar a book to read about things that you're genuinely interested in, are curious about seeking that knowledge, right? Like I think, um, I think Jay Prince said it in our interview, only a fool rejects wisdom, right? And the truth is none of us, we all are born into a world that we don't fully understand. You know, we have our genetic makeup. So the goal needs to be, how do I understand the environment and the world that I live in first, right? And within that, what am I good at? You know, I think you said this, everybody is good at something. It's just the people who find what they're good at sooner or get, get you know, validated some way for it sooner end up being successful, whereas a lot of other people, they never even bother to do the work to find out what they're good at. They're already running everyone else's race. So just asking yourself that question as you go into maturity, and it started for me as I turned in, as I went through puberty, right? And I was going through real changes. I started asking myself the questions. I think the school that I went to definitely helped because the way that I was educated was not just, hey, these are the structured topics. We were encouraged to learn. We were encouraged to read. We were encouraged to broaden our minds beyond just geometry, algebra, English vocabulary, but to actually learn. And I think that that helped me. Um, and I think that can help others as well. Um, you know, the oldest trick in the book, one of the greatest free things that are left that's left in this world is that you can get a library card for free still. And in that library are tens of thousands of books that you can explore and grow your mind with and, and actually seek the knowledge you want to seek versus absorbing the knowledge that someone else is telling you to absorb. I don't know if that if that makes sense, Partha, but that was my approach. And I think what's been most helpful to me is, is just reading and seeking knowledge. Yeah, I think that's a really good one. Reading is really powerful because it exposes you to different perspectives. And I think that um, the the trick that you know many of the people around us play on us, and this will happen with your closest friends or family when 
you're starting to go through this journey is they try to anchor you to the measurables that they value. And yes. so if you're not following the same rules, um, you know, they're going to be pretty bothered by that and they're going to try and course correct you. And it's out of love and a little insecurity, uh, but it's something to stay aware of. So I think that reading is, is probably one of the most impactful things you can do. I think the other one is journaling, uh, writing on your own, uh, because yeah. it, it gives you a different lens on how you think and how you view the world. And just writing a few pages every day stream of consciousness gives you a sense of self that uh, very few other things can replace. Plus, it, it gets all the, uh, all the noise out of you. Yeah. Gives you some clarity. Yeah. I think that's a very powerful one. Uh, definitely agree. Agree with that. I, I need to do a little bit better job of that. Uh, actually writing my thoughts down. I think a lot. I sit down and I think to myself a lot, but I don't always write, uh, write my thoughts out. And I think that's something that I will try to do a little bit, a little bit more of. Um, but overall it's ask, ask more questions right? Ask questions, seek answers to those questions. Don't let other people tell you what those answers are all the time. If that makes, that makes sense, you know, and understand like how your mind actually absorbs knowledge. You know, there are different ways that people learn and educate themselves. It's, and that's something that you have to know for yourself and figure out for yourself because no one's going to do it for you. Yeah. Yeah, straight up, man. Straight up. And I think like the flip that you find when you start measuring with internal validation is that the work that you do on a daily basis feels less like work. It feels more like fun. And yes. the reward that you get for it is much, much greater. Yes, it does not. Like you hit the nail on the head. It doesn't become work anymore. You're doing what you love. So if you're doing what you, people, why do people go and watch a movie? Because it brings them joy for two hours, you know? Why do people tune into a basketball game? Because it brings them joy for a couple of hours, right? Imagine having that same joy, just waking up every morning and going to work. And if you think about it that way and you say, why wouldn't I want my life to look like those two hours uh, that I use to distract myself from everything that's going on in my job or the bullshit that I'm dealing with versus making what I do day to day, that joy. Right. And, um, it, it's an interesting way that I've started to look at things, um, and, and how I approach work. Don't do, don't do things that don't make you happy. Like there are a lot of things both of us could do to generate a lot of money and people encourage us to do, but we just don't do them because it's like the money isn't worth the investment that's made into it, even if the financial reward is great, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I think totally. I think if it was a hundred times the amount of money, you know, we'd both probably change our tune pretty quickly, but <laughs> short-term um, pain, long-term gain, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's like, that that's, that's so spot on. How do you deal with, um, how do you deal with like the, the traps along the road? Like, how do you get a sense of whether you're actually pointed toward the right direction? I think you feel it. You know, one of the things you said yesterday in your, uh, in your open dialogue, uh, was how, when you feel a sense of internal validation, the external world responds to you differently. 
um, very differently. Things start becoming easier. Things that you thought about or, or, or wrestled with in your head flow much easier. And the outside world has a sense, a um, sense of, okay, this person has an energy and aura of confidence in themselves. And so suddenly you'll see how the external world suddenly is validating you in ways that you're not even looking for validation, right? Mm -hmm. That's how you know you're on the right track. If, if you go through a day and you feel like you're in a good place and you go through a day and how the outside world engages with your energy and your aura becomes more positive, this is what's happened for me and why I continue to gain confidence. Once I felt that and I said, hey, I'm just going to be who I am consistently and approach the world with that, the world responds. It's like that external validation comes once you internally validate yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, that's, that's, that's one thing I've noticed. I don't know if, if you feel, if you feel that same way that your the world responds to, to how you feel about yourself. No, I, I think that's the most accurate thing about the whole, you know, the whole success journey is that it's more based on your own belief in yourself and how you see yourself than anyone else. Cause people take their cue off of you, you yeah. know, it's like how you treat yourself. My mama used to always say to me, like, don't be mean to your sister around your friends because the way that you treat her is how they'll treat her. Yeah. And, uh, you can expand that to yourself. Like if you allow people to make fun of you, you know, if you don't stand up for yourself, if you, uh, don't have clarity and, and the words to essentially like let people know to mind their own business in the right, you know, kind way that it needs to be done sometimes, then you're not standing up for yourself. And so you're allowing other people to treat you worse. And in essence, you're, you're treating yourself badly. And so that is, I think, as much a part of success mm -hmm. as even the measurement of success. Yes. Yes. And know what your measuring sticks are, you know, actually ask yourself the big questions, right? In our society, there are certain things that are clear, right? Go to school, get a high paying job, uh, get married, have kids. It's like this structure that they say that everyone is supposed to fit into. And society has accepted those measuring sticks as what success entails. And if you don't succeed in any one of those areas or not succeeding according to that, suddenly you're living a, a leading a very, or if you do fit into those boxes and you never ask yourself the question of what is, is this really what I want? Or am I actually built for this? If you don't ask those questions, you can end up fitting into those boxes and the external world looking at you and saying, oh, wow, he's got everything or she's got everything. But you internally feeling like, damn, I'm living with regrets and resentment. And, and that creates a very negative life energy, not just for yourself, but the people that you love and you care about that are around you. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. And I, that like that ability to, you know, come in and lift people up is something that's valued in today's society. So when you have when you're able to cultivate a more positive life energy around yourself, it genuinely creates the circumstances you're trying to create. Yes, it does. You know, and it goes, I, I love talking about the alchemist, as you know, and that's, that is the, why it is my favorite book because 
the takeaway is simple, right? You know, what you give is what you will receive. When you genuinely care about something and you genuinely love something and you're doing the work to make it happen, the external environment, the universe around you will conspire to make it so. And I've found that to be true through my life experiences. And I, I'm sure you have as well. It's a very simple rule. And some people might say, oh, that's that's a bunch of bullshit. It's not. It's it's real. Yeah, 100%, man. It's just the energy stuff for me sometimes I feel hokey talking about it because yeah. it just feels like made up sometimes. But it's like the truest like correlation between things that I I wanted in my life being in my life and those things not being in my life is that energy thing that we're yep. talking about. Am yep. I doing that? Yep. Have you have you felt that way too? I have. I have. Yeah. And it, and the first step is discovering what that energy actually is and being aware of what your best energy is. You know what I mean? Like when you're genuinely the happiest, you know, external variables don't even impact you. That doesn't matter. If someone comes and tells you right now, part the lasso sucks, your socks suck. Doesn't move you. Yeah. It doesn't, not even for one second because you've put in the time to develop this and fall in love with this product in a way that you've given your energy to. So one person's opinion who spent five minutes thinking about your sock isn't going to move you. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that's a great point. And I think it's like when I've never heard anyone even say something close to that because I think they can sense the purity in it too. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. If you talk to me, you know my heart's in what I'm doing. And so it becomes very hard to ever hate somebody that genuinely just like is doing their best. Yep. And that, and it goes it circles back to our news and notes topic about Gronk. Like that's how you understand why he's so successful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean kind of the same thing. Yep. You know, he's he's giving he's giving out positive vibes and positive energy. Uh, to the world and he's fulfilled and his cup is full as a result of it yeah man i guess we should all strive to be a lot more like gronk i don't know if most of us could survive living gronk's lifestyle he is yeah. kind of a, a genetic uh <laughs> anomaly <laughs> so i don't encourage uh um if you're not six five and 270 i don't encourage uh you drinking like ground drinks. <laughs> <laughs> Man, so V, just to kind of tie a bow on this, you know, if you were to if you were to give our listeners like one really actionable next step to help them start to differentiate between external validation and how that affects them versus, you know, what what they really care about and how they're gonna measure their own success, uh, how would you how would you guide them? I think the first step is is asking yourself fairly consistently the question am i happy you know um and then also knowing what happiness means to you figuring that part of it out and working through that whether that's you do that through therapy you do that through reading getting a self-help book whatever works for you is getting that understanding of what makes you happy and then once you're able to understand what makes you happy, then you can evaluate what's in your life that's 
taking away from your happiness. Yeah. Yeah. And then ask, and then asking yourself the question within that, how am I to blame for this unhappiness and how is the external world to blame? How do I fix that? And I think, you know, and the other thing, as I mentioned before, is I honestly think to understand this external versus internal validation, pick up a book about it. You know, I genuinely believe the alchemist is the simplest for me because I think it is a fictional novel. It's an easy read and the lessons are very clear. Um, and I think anyone can take away kind of that point that we're making about external validation versus internal validation and taking your own personal journey. I think it's a very good way to frame your mind to start thinking like that because that's the book that did it for me. Um, I think that that's also helpful. And there are other books out there, um, you know, as well. Like uh, one that I read recently was The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. You know, So good, by the way. Uh, it's That so really good. highlights this topic as well for that we've been talking about internal versus external validation. Yeah. I would say just to add one more thing to that. Um, people who are struggling with a lot usually have trouble being in their own heads. And yes. in today's day and age, because of the number of notifications we're around, you know, all the all the things that take our attention, it's very rare that we spend time in our own minds. So if you're really trying to get a sense of where you're at, you know, set a timer on your phone, you know, mm -hmm. put it on do not disturb, sit down, close your eyes, and just watch what happens in your head. And when you can't take it anymore, hit the timer right? Mm -hmm. That's like your baseline. And your goal should be to get to a place where you can hang out in your head as long as you want to. And it's mm -hmm. a fun place. There's lots of ideas. There's daydreaming, you know, like I, I say this a lot, but you know, whatever happened to looking out the window, like we yeah. used to do in grade school, it's like, it's totally gone as a notion. Yeah. And those periods of time are equally important to the human experience when we sit and do nothing as any of the times that we're doing things. And so, in this search for productivity and for meeting goals and all of that, make sure that the space in which you live mentally is a positive one. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, mental health is definitely the number one thing to gain wealth. I honestly think that once you have that, um, and it's a process, once you have that or have some mastery of it, um, a lot of the other things in life come together for you. Yeah. Well, man, on that note, I think we're at the end of another Pilot Boys episode. Yeah, another another good one. Hope you guys are continuing to enjoy this content. And always remember to stay moving and be you. You as fly. Approach approach this week and approach this year with uh, with the positive momentum um, that you are feeling currently. Pilot Boys out. Pilot Boys, we get on up.